This is BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. This is Sarah Whitus. I'm Amanda Toysher. And uh, it is uh, the State of the Union night. You think it's we're happening not watching. right now? It's happening right now as, as we do we're this. Talking. <laughs> not while you're listening, but as we are talking. Uh, um, so we're... you know that if Donald Trump has declared war on North Korea, but we don't. Sarah <laughs> but we're and I don't in blissful know yet. We get ignorance. to find out shortly when we sign yeah, off. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out whether the button's been pressed. Yeah, um, yeah. Or if he's just like, maybe the State of the Union was just like him reading his tweets for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Honestly, that would be, they would still <laughs> call it presidential. Then. Right. They'd be like, boy, be kind it's of a entertaining. New, new chapter. Today was the day he finally became president. Right. He, he read his tweets. <laughs> uh, Apparently, the designated survivor is the Secretary of Agriculture, which is funny. Oh, uh, is that Tom Vilsack yet? Is that an old Secretary of Agriculture? That's I always just think. Is that like no. Clinton era? Um, no, that, that was like. Bush era? Uh, the. Uh, for some reason, he's, his will forever be that the was, only name that is, like, associated with the Secretary of Agriculture for yeah. me. There's something about the name Vilsack that is very sticky this in my brain. very agricultural. Yeah. Um, no, he... I don't know who that, the Secretary of Agriculture is, actually, which is super embarrassing. No. So I'm sure he's No, it's not. It's not oh, embarrassing. Oh, no, it's Sonny Perdue. I'm surprised... Oh, oh, right. Purdue Chicken Dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, so, which mm-hmm. is horrifying. Anyway, we're, we're that not is here horrifying. to talk it's about like, um, no. industrial animal agriculture. <laughs> we are here to talk about television. Um, uh, yeah, okay. So, yes, TV this TV. week. Um, there's, we can, we can talk about, uh, we can talk about some TV news real quick. Yeah. Um, um, so one thing you noted was that when Mississippi was canceled, which was a previous, uh, for me, what I'm watching. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like people week. were pretty disappointed, including. Kevin I'm sad. Nicaro. Yeah. I'm, I'm sad. I thought it was a good show. I don't think it was a great show, but uh-huh. I did really enjoy it. And I like just, you know, anything to have take Nataro on my television. Um, so I'm sad about that. Um, but I'm, I have full, full faith that Tignataro, uh, will return to our televisions and will stay a presence in our lives. Um, it was, I, I, am not worried about that at all. I can't wait to see what she does next, honestly. Um, Um, and what else is going uh, on? Meryl Streep is going to be on the next season of Big Little Lies, which is, uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty um, awesome. I'm another, you know, blonde lady, but like, right, uh, another kind of like uh, ritzy white lady. But that's that's a that's I mean, okay. I, I mean, it's Meryl Streep, the, the fictional Monterey that they're creating. It's weird though because I still like so everyone else is coming back, and I still don't. I'm still. We've talked about this. I still don't understand how it's a limited series. Right now, it's this is series. This is it's season just two. the same thing. It's it's and yeah. it's not changing. It's not even just the same cast in a new story, like or a new. They're all right. the same characters. That's in the same what an place, anthology in the same is. Universe in the same story that has happened. It's the same right. timeline. No, it doesn't make. I don't. I don't get it. Um, if it's like all of the same people, then how is it? I, no, I don't understand either. Um, I did just see a tweet that said that Gwyneth Paltrow w- uh, was interested in a role. <laughs> um, and this is perfect for her. I it, it I really kind of say that does about, about Ms. Goop. 
I know it kind of does seem perfect, but like, honestly, as one of my favorite um, Twitter people, uh, actually, who is the one that put out this news about Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, or at least retweeted it, so I saw it. Anyway, I would say keep it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want it. Keep it. I, yeah. I just like, yeah. I, yeah, I, I like, just Gwyneth Paltrow just feels extremely irrelevant to, um, like. Te- like the world like the entertainment world now you know i mean i guess she's yeah. relevant in like the you in, know verse yeah in like the skincare industrial complex and like the female empowerment industrial complex or whatever i guess of like you know of you know putting crystals in your vagina kind of mm-hmm. that whole world i guess yeah, she's like very in right travel. now but i'm like do we need gwyneth paltrow like acting anymore i don't yeah, that's yeah, okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And, and like speaking okay. of things we don't need anymore. Now, I so I never watched Murphy Brown, but they're doing a revival. So I don't like I like Candace Bergen, but like I don't have a strong opinion about the show. But they're me neither. Actually, it's so it's one that I have happening. never. Yeah, it come. It's uh, also I think they announced uh, Magnum PI and oh really maybe Cagney and Lacey was that the other one? It was like two other oh. just like eighties era shows. Also, we're forgetting that the uh, I forgot that um, uh, Dynasty is is on oh right God, now yes, in revival right. form. Like yes. the eighties are in right now. Yes, um, I honestly like I would maybe watch Dynasty. The revival of that sounds kind of cool, but um, but it's like a natural, it's like a, a natural <laughs> gas fortune. I think the I family. Yeah, it is. It is. It's like, like a fra- it's like, like a fracking fortune. Like the fracking family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, no, I actually never watched Murphy Brown either, which I I think is actually a little um, odd because I was into like a lot of just like eighties power lady shows. Yeah, um, late eighties, early nineties. Um, but like, it's just. I, I don't know. I mean, I love Candace Bergen. So, like, on, if, again, if it gets Candace Bergen, like, being a badass bitch on my television screen, like, I'll take it. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there's just a lot, a lot of revivals happening. It's also odd because there's so much television now that it's not like, I feel like, you know, we get a lot of sequels in movies because there aren't that many movies that, like, really are like huge blockbuster smashes but like um i don't know there are just like a lot of successful television shows right now and like people have so much to watch and do they need to watch a revival i think that's just that i think there's just so magnum many pi shows being made so they're just trying everything you know like yeah i guess so like see what sticks just like tons of tv shows so I'm like, did Full House like kick this off? I'm trying to remember. Like, I mean, it might have been the X Files. Well, the but Full House predated the X Files revival. I'm pretty sure. Um, And I feel like at least at least the wave of like like late '80s, early '90s revivals. I feel like was kind of kicked off by by Full House. I'm sure I'm forgetting some I, other I just think it's a lot of revival, people just throwing but... spaghetti at the wall and waiting to see what sticks. I don't know if that's an expression, yeah. but I you you know, drawing Well, we'll get at the into wall. a revival. We'll get it at the end of the show. We'll we'll touch on a revival that I'm actually interested in. Um but you know, I think uh maybe we can talk a little bit about about what we uh what we were watching this week. Um tell me tell me what you watched. 
Um, so I watched this show called Borderline. It's a UK show, and Netflix recommended it to me. You're so into the watched... British shows lately. Oh, you know me. Yes, I am. I know. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not into the British Empire or the monarchy, but I'm into um, British <laughs> television. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, they had, Netflix had recommended it to me because I had watched, um, all of Lovesick in about a week and a half. And they're like, well, you know, you might like this. Um, it's only two seasons and they're British seasons. So they're just six God episodes each. Them. And it's yeah, basically, it's them. like their, it's their like border patrol, like their airport border patrol, like TSA type border patrol. And, um, they're like customs agent that work at this fictional airport called North End, which is apparently the smallest commercial airport in the UK in, you know, it's fictional, but yeah. And they, uh, it's kind of, it's pretty much like the office. It's like a fake documentary. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a kind of out of touch boss. There are multiple people that work for her and there are the two young, attractive people who are, you know, will they, won't they? There's the one guy that tries too hard there's this the 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 sloppy weirdo in this case he's Scottish, um, and then there's these two baggage handlers which I just think are hilarious Mo and Suge, and yeah anyway it's funny because like I was like this could be boring because it just seems like it's exactly like The Office but I was not nearly as cringeworthy as The Office was. Come on, Cosy, how could you forget about Charles after he sent you all them love notes as well? I don't know. He, I'm sorry, what? He he was the man who was sending me all those cards. Aye. Yes. Well, you. You mean the pervy old man who used to wink at me all the time? Yes. <laughs> oh, Charles Headley, the sleazy old man. Yes, Charles from the disciplinary oh, hearing. Of course. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, I feel so, so much better. Well, he died. Yes. And I didn't hate, like, um, you know, I hated Michael Scott's character and uh, what's his face, um, the British one. Uh, Dave, who's that guy? Oh, Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais, yeah. yeah. I hated his character. This woman, she's kind of like, Great. She has some really awesome lines. Struggling now, Agent Brody decides this is way above his pay grade. Linda. I was just getting rid of that. Uh, yes. What uh, I... You're going to have to go in there and deal with her because I'm at the end of my tether. Look, it's quite simple, Grant. All you have to do is follow procedure and stay calm, OK? You've done the training, you've been on the courses. Yeah, I've done the training, I've been on the courses, but nothing can prepare you for I'm telling you now, she's feisty, Linda. For God's sake, I'll do it myself. Honestly, if you want to do anything, you have to do it yourself round I'm here. I'm waiting here. If you want anything done, ask a busy woman, because all the men are too busy being intimidated. But it's... it's I, I finished it pretty quickly. It's fun. Yeah. Um, it yeah. actually shows that you could, this, this format of, like, a fake documentary can still work and it can still be funny. So, I recommend it. All right. I would... I would... There's there's a couple of British television shows out there that I'm interested in right now. There's one of them is um I think the end of the fucking world. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure what to think about that. I I'm not sure either, but I kind of want to check it out. I I think that Britain I'll must let you also be first. having. Well, I'm <laughs> thank you. I wonder if like um I wonder if if the UK is also having like a peak TV moment, or if like or if we're just getting more of their shows now like because i well, feel it's gotta like, be a mix of both right yeah like i mean we, they have we just have more access it's all like about you know there has been a golden age of television that i think you know the sopranos and Mad Men and everything were a part of before streaming services were so um prevalent but yeah i think now yeah. it's also a, a product of 
the actual technology and the way people right, are that's just having TV the access like the binging habit that was not a thing even 10 years ago because i mean honestly like the british shows are so easily binged because they just embrace this model that that the united states is only kind of now coming around to of these shorter seasons yeah. although the united states has not <laughs> american television is generally not on board with <laughs> the um shorter episodes <laughs> uh True. format which like i think of like the end of the fucking world i know like each episode is like a tight like 20 minutes you know and i find i find that to be the case with a lot of british comedies i mean i know that like with commercials and stuff like you know most uh american comedies are kind of close to that as well but like i definitely (laughs) definitely i think most american shows tend to like if anything there there's too much usually Right, right um and and british television is just a lot tighter um so i was on a work trip for most of the week and um just went home to a hotel room every night for six days. So I um, did a lot of TV watching. Nice. <laughs> um, two shows that I really watched the most. Um, one was The Assassination of Gianni Versace. Are you liking it? It's still I'm on my list. quite liking it. I do think that you need to get on it because you love murders. Um, I do love Oh, it's so nice of you to notice that about me. Yeah, I never murders. talk about murder shows, so I know. how would you have known that? <laughs> I've never actually seen you watch one. I just, in, I just intuited that. Intuitively, you just know yeah. me so well. <laughs> I know. I know what happens in your brain. Um, yeah, the, the Assassination of Johnny Versace, really good. It's uh, American Crime Story, um, Ryan Murphy's follow-up to last year's installment of American Crime Story about, of course, the OJ trial. Um, hard season to live up to certainly because that was kind of a masterpiece um and also just like the case was like something that we all remember like a shared experience kind of thing it was definitely a cultural um yeah cultural touchstone yeah like really exciting this assassination of johnny versace is maybe not which i knew essentially nothing about i Um, i admittedly know very little yeah, I mean, I I basically like knew that he. I don't think I actually even knew that he was murdered. I just like knew that he was dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think I knew. That's how I want to go. Just like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but I know they're dead. <laughs> I know they're dead. I don't want to know any of the circumstances. Um, yeah, it's it's bit you know, but he was murdered by a serial killer who he was had had murdered Andrew Kinnanen, who had murdered um, four men in just horrific ways uh before getting to Gianni Versace um I think it's great so far I'm into it um it, it, Ricky Martin and Penelope Cruz are I both love that in Ricky it. Martin is in it he's 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 not like gonna be winning any awards for this performance so based on the the first two episodes but he is not bad I mean he's he's a he's a totally decent actor he's playing Gianni's um his longtime boyfriend his boyfriend of of 15 years um and penelope cruz is of course donatella um which is a stroke of genius on someone's part yeah does Um, it work it does work i think it does work it's you know donatella again like i mostly only knew from like her 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 like um i think anna gasteyer played her on uh oh my gosh snl (laughs) uh yeah yeah oh my gosh i forgot about that 
And I think like that was my main association with Donatella. <laughs> and I think she's like had reality TV shows maybe at, at different points I'm or at least one. Sure she has. But she's a lot. She's a lot. Um, you know, I think it takes you know, you gotta bring some subtlety to a role that like or a person that probably wasn't <laughs> doesn't have much of it. But yeah. um but she's good. I actually like knew that it was someone that I recognized, but I didn't really make the connection that it was Penelope Cruz until um, Oh wait, really? Afterwards. Yeah, well she's like she doesn't, you know, I associate her with like a more natural look, certainly, I think, is, yeah. is kind of the, the And I guess we haven't seen Penelope her in Cruz anything in a while. No, she hasn't really been in much. She's she you know, she's usually like very, you know, has the dark hair. I think yeah, usually she's she's just like a little more toned out, but obviously like Donatella is all, you know, blonde, bright, you know, dyed blonde hair and like and tan. leather jackets and weird tan and heavy ac- heavy Italian accent. Um, but the real, I mean, Darren Chris plays the killer Andrew Kinnan, and, and uh, yeah, he's someone that I've personally never cared about. Um, I know is he that in it? he is it, like beyond. I mean, I think really. Like he, it's a very um, American Psycho type of Ugh. role. Um, I mean, he is a psychopath, um, and but but a real one, and you know he's just extremely charming, beautiful. You know, like just sucks people up into his orbit. What did you do for work? Listen, huh? for my first job. I worked for my father on his pineapple plantations in the Philippines. Can you imagine that? Picking them in the midday sun, you should have seen me. My father was a military man. He was a pilot for Amilda Marcos, the first lady of the Philippines. Really? Yes. He flew one of those old planes, the um, type that Buddy Holly died in, Beechcraft Bonanza, they're called, if you know them. He would fly them low to the ground because Amilda was terrified of crashing, and that is a true story. My father would tell her, Amilda, when you're flying a plane at 400 miles per hour in a rickety tin can, it doesn't it doesn't matter how high you are. <laughs> I'm really excited to see where it goes. I mean, they they kind of drop a lot of these hints in the first two episodes, but I mean, this guy, this is a guy who evaded. He was a on the, you know, literally a top 10, you know, he was on the 10 most wanted list uh for months. Um and he was just walking around i mean by the time he got to florida after having killed four people he was walking around using his real name i mean like Mm. in just plain he was in plain sight and um so you know the the implication here you know is with the first couple episodes is really that the police because he was a gay man and the killer the the murders all were men that he had seduced or had paid him for sex or had otherwise like been involved with him um it's they aren't taking the murders very they aren't just aren't taking the case very seriously even yeah. though these are like horrifying crimes and he basically gets away with a lot because of their just kind of like i mean their homophobia and yeah just and, this idea that um yeah and just like promiscuous and right yeah. and and that you know i think also just like engage in risky I, you know it's hard etc yeah, exactly. And and also, you know, just I think maybe not thinking that he, this guy could be 
capable of these crimes maybe because he's gay i'm not sure i'm like i mean you know we'll see where it where it goes Mm -hmm. but um definitely fascinating um i also kept watching the shy um yeah still 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 plugging away yeah i liked it i mean i've now seen three episodes i think a fourth aired yesterday or on uh on on sunday or monday um and I need to watch that. I'm still kind of disappointed in just that the female characters are all just on the periphery of the show, especially because I'm now noticing I'm getting a lot of in my social feeds and like online, I'm getting a lot of advertisements for this show. And and all of the advertisements really, because there aren't really, there's not really a lot of people in the show that you would recognize. I mean, I think the main person that I recognize is, um, I think her name is uh, Sonia S- Sonja Sohn um, from The Wire, mm-hmm. um, and 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 that's that's really it. So really, Lena Waithe is being, you know, promoted as the main, like she's central in the marketing to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, I've noticed like there's like pictures of her because I think they're assuming people will recognize her from Master of None. Um, so it's like she is kind of the like picture of the show right now but like yeah again there just like aren't that many major mm-hmm. female characters so I, I think it's like it, it seems a little bit at odds and I don't like it still bothers me and I'm not you know just like sure why it was plotted this way but maybe you know there's several episodes left maybe some of these uh, women who have been on the periphery kind of start to move into the center of the show I, right now I feel like I'm not like it, it was just actually renewed for a second season, um, I think maybe even today um, oh, wow. or, or yesterday, but kind of, it, I think it would need to step up the game more mm-hmm. for me to be seriously invested, but I'm definitely going to watch the So are you, are you season. listening, the Chai? Are you listening? Sarah needs you to step up your game. I need you to step up your game. I'm going to need that <laughs> um, from this television show that I think highly respects my... My, uh, they're listening. They're listening for sure. They're not watching yeah. the State of the Union, and they're listening to our opinions about television. Yep, and giving so. these women media roles. Yep. Um, yeah. So our deep dive this week. Um, oh God! So we're gonna talk about <laughs> an episode of the X Files that aired this past Wednesday called "The Lost Art of Forehead Sweat," and. Um, Sarah and I both watched it and texted each other like, oh my god, this is so great. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I had both so much it. fucking fun with that episode, Sarah. I, I know. watched it twice. I've watched it twice. I meant also. to watch it a third, third time. I know, so did I, and I didn't get to it. But, I mean, I know we talked about the X-Files a lot last week, but again, I, I feel like it'll almost assuredly go back to being it's gonna be terrible bad this week and there's only two episodes left um yeah so 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 we can i feel like we can take this opportunity to talk about this episode of the x-files um yeah what was your favorite part well oh man i had several favorite parts um i think that my favorite part was probably the uh re- imagining of key moments from the show that was so Um, great that cracked (laughs) me up yeah so i mean i think let's set it up a little bit um the episode is um it's it's about 
uh, well, it starts out. It's basically out kind of... a meditation on the catchphrase of the X Files, which is the truth is out there. And when we're living in this society where Donald Trump can just say everything is fake news and people choose to believe him because they want to. What does it mean when you say the truth is out there? Because what is the truth? What is the truth <laughs> anymore? It doesn't mean anything to people if they just are going to believe whatever they want to believe. Um, Mulder at one point so tries to argue that there is an objective reality, but you know, yeah, there is no objective so, you know, reality. It's really, it's very much there. Are, there are very pointed references to Trump to the point where there's an alien who in, interprets Trump and is telling them that. We exist, but we don't like Earthlings um, because I think he takes an you're exact rapist. You're, it's a Trump an exact speech. quote of Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and they like reference Donald Trump. You know, they say our president, and um, yeah, and it's just, it's just very. It's one of the most meta episodes of uh, television I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, basically, we have um, Mulder being summoned to a. Uh, a an FBI parking lot like the old days um, where he used to meet uh, Mr. X, one of his and, and deep throat, his his various, uh, you know, kind of deep state informants. Um, he's summoned there and he meets a guy named uh, Reggie, Reggie something. Literally and Reggie something. <laughs> played by Brian Husky, who I mainly know from Veep. Um, I know him from Veep, too. He's so good in this. He's I hilarious. Yeah, he's really funny. He's like our he, he's the uh, one of the journalists on on Veep who's just like kind of forever antagonizing Selena. Um yeah. and he basically tries to convince Mulder that they um in fact were partners on the X-Files. Um that Mulder has Reggie no memory something of this. had started the X-Files. Had in fact started the X-Files. Um, and that Mulder isn't remembering this um, because there is a uh, nefarious scientist by the name of Dr. They who is collectively altering the memories um, of the shared memories of Americans to make them forget kind of things that the government doesn't want them to know. Um, and... You know, in the end, we find out that uh, we find out that Reggie is is crazy. He's or is uh, he? Or, or is, is he? he? <laughs> so that brings that there are some Easter eggs in this episode, and apparently in previous episodes, there um, back in the episode of this when Agent or uh, Ad Skinner is showing them how they have digitized all the X files when they're scrolling through. Um, a lot of these just scans. There's a scan of an an FBI badge, and it's Reggie. Which I definitely missed. I definitely missed that. <laughs> no, I mean I don't remember that. It was I saw. I want to go back and watch it on the yeah, net on the webs on the webs. I yeah. See. I see. Um, so there are a lot of just like fun little things like that, and like that that was the whole point. Like I've read some interviews with Darren Morgan, who was the writer of this episode and the director. Um, and he was very explicit in that he wanted it to be a commentary on on Trump and also leave a lot of things just kind of open-ended. And um, so I think by having those little seeds of doubt of like, wait, was this actually, uh, Re- was Reggie actually crazy? Or, or did maybe he start the X-Files um, is part of the whole thing where like, we don't actually know what the truth is if it's out there. Um, well, and of and course, that's what uh, all the... 
And of course, Skinner comes out at the end after Reggie. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. The, yeah, 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 so, yeah. And like, the... so that's what the, um, and that's what all those flashbacks were, where they edit Reggie into these very iconic moments of famous X-Files episodes. And they have him saying um, some hilarious things. And it's it's supposed to be like, well, what if you remember your favorite episodes wrong? Like I said, it's just super meta. I love that they even included one that was famously bad, which was... Oh, my uh, God. Teso or te- Teso Dos, dos Bichos. Bichos, <laughs> which, which uh, about demon cats, um, which I think literally everyone hated, including... It's such a, a bad episode. Apparently every member of the crew. Yeah, the crew um, hated it. Crew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it was really... I, I think that, you know, unfortunately, it's like, I would say, like... I think with a lot of great episodes of television, you can kind of say, um, you you should watch this even if you have never seen the show. You'll love that. Uh, Don't watch that not, episode. No, it's not. <laughs> Definitely an episode for the fans. It actually made me um, remember an episode late in the ninth season, near the, um, or no, late in the eighth season, um, second to last season of the show, uh, an episode called Alone, which was supposed to be kind of a a fan episode there was a a new young green fbi agent named layla harrison on the on uh joining doggett for uh an x-file and and she's kind of a fan stand-in and she's kind of like constantly like reeling off like trivia about Mulder and scully it's it's very much like a 90s sitcom like uh episode where they're just like doing flashbacks right like hey guys remember when remember and when it's, and it's, it's like, cute you know vaseline screen but yeah um it's cute but this was this was definitely um an episode i think for the the fans and really felt like a wonderful tribute just like to the show yeah um and but it also Morgan made you episode think. and it made you think honestly you know about a little bit about about you know what I honestly did make me think a little bit about like is there an objective truth to the shared reality that we're all living I mean I think also we're remiss to say the kind of the the other aspect of this was um this idea of Mulder and Scully both having these touchstones of their childhood that they can't um, find any evidence ex- of, of existing the show starts right, out and they like call a, it the the mandela <laughs> the, effect which is mandela a real thing effect. but they make you know then they then reggie in it is saying no it's the mangala effect which isn't a real thing it's it actually is it's not a real mandela thing effect. about people but the remembering show is introducing that joseph mangala was killed <laughs> yeah yeah and the, yeah yeah the you're like wait did that yeah is that yeah it's yeah. um so it's just like a rumination on the on the nature of of truth and oh oh and then of course i think right and the truth is out there in the opening it has a question mark at the end in the second one so after they do the acapella yeah. version of the theme which cracked me up so good um, which also when the alien the question mark <laughs> and the yeah. trump alien when he ascends back into his spaceship it's just gonna that was probably my other favorite uh favorite favorite scene was when um the trump alien descends to earth uh this was this was reggie Mulder asked reggie you know what was our last case together you know when we were partners uh in this possible parallel 
universe, possibly fake memory, possible real thing that happened that uh, was erased from Mulder and Scully's brains. But um, the, their last case together, according to Reggie, was was them going to meet an alien descending to Earth in a very 1950s cartoony looking spaceship. And, and this is when he gives his Trump speech about how um, Americans are no longer to do any... Earthlings, sorry, yeah, Earthlings are no longer to do any more deep space investigation. Americans. Yeah, mostly Americans, maybe some Russians and some Chinese. That's about it, I think, in terms of uh, space exploration. But, um, you know, I, uh, and then he, he gives them a book that is titled um, All the Answers. All the Answers. And that was like totally so. This ep- the episode also, you know, has references to the X ex- or to the, uh, the Twilight Zone. It talks about Rod Sterling and everything, and um, that them handing that book at the end because the alien kind of looked like. Have you seen the episode of the Twilight Zone called "To Serve Man"? Yes, yeah, which I actually hands- know better from The Simpsons, but oh, yeah. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so that was like totally, you know. Uh, reminiscent of that which was really cool because that episode i remember seeing it as a kid and it scared the bejesus out of me i would check my closet for the alien because i didn't want to be eaten i was so afraid um <laughs> i yeah. also had a lot of uh real real twilight zone freakouts. my mom huge huge twilight zone fan i think has seen every episode of the twilight zone and we used to watch it when i was a kid um and it also really really scared the hell out of me. Um, yeah. But this was just a wonderful episode. I think, you know, it's a shame that it can't just be the last one. <laughs> that there have to be two there's more that will surely tarnish it. Carter then where they're going to pretend that like, oh, all along they've been thinking about this virus. You know, something <sighs> I read this week that um, in one of the many kind of recaps reviews that we read of, of, um, of this episode, um, noted you know darren morgan the writer of this episode has such a singular vision of these characters and of the show where he just brings this deeply clever deeply bizarre sensibility and and usually deeply funny sensibility to the show um darren morgan episodes i mean it's incredible that um there aren't that many i think he only no i think there's six there's six or seven yeah out of like with the new series out of like 215 so far or something like that but it's amazing that he could only write six and that they could come to really almost define the show i think not for every fan certainly but yeah and the only um x-files episode to win an emmy was uh clyde bruckman's final repose that he that he wrote yeah Um, i mean it's amazing the impact that he could have in in so few episodes and i think also wonderful that he a was willing to come back for for each of these seasons um but also you know right the point that i was saying that i had read i totally agree with that chris carter for all of his faults (laughs) and there are many (laughs) um still sees the the not just the value but the importance of the perspective that darren morgan brings yeah to the show. yeah that's and i true. think he, he finds it essential it. yeah he knows yeah that. like i read i yeah. was reading an interview with darren morgan where he was talking about how something he really loved about the twilight zone was that you would turn it on and you wouldn't know what 
the episode was going to be. It could be really bad. It could be awesome. You didn't know. And everything was, every episode was totally different. And he says now so much of TV, you kind of, you might not know what's going to happen plot wise, but you know generally what kind of show you're going to get and like what, what, what sort of, uh, appearance it'll have and everything and what he liked about working on the x-files is that you could really play around with that and that's probably you know like when you're watching the x-files in the 90s on you know on fox and you didn't know what the episode would be is it going to be a funny one is it going to be a monster of the week Mm -hmm. you just you know you'd seen previews but like you didn't know what you know necessarily what the take on it would be and that's what he was trying to do here was uh i love that yeah and he liked to play around and he because he kind of misses that aspect of television which i thought was really interesting i love that that's yeah. that's a really I'd never thought about that. Um, but that's a really wonderful viewpoint to have on it. Yeah, and um, I think that's something unique about the X Files too. Um, they're just so many different episodes. There's something for everybody. You might even there say is. there <laughs> is. I mean, it's it's so hard. It's like both with old shows like the X Files or like you know I was talking last week about ER streaming. It's it's hard to justify going back and kind of getting to know a show that was sort of a relic of another time. Yeah. But um, when there's so much new stuff that you could be watching and you only have so many hours in the week. But, um, you know, The X-Files is, I just, uh, you know, we probably won't really talk about it again on this show for for the new season anyway. But um, Maybe just to shit on it. Yeah, probably just shit on it. But this is, you know, it's like the last, probably the last time in my life that there will be new episodes of The X-Files airing for like a show that I've loved for two thirds of my life. Um, And, you know, if you can, I just recommend, I recommend getting yourself acquainted with The X-Files. I really do. I, uh, as Amanda and I both, I think as we've talked about several weeks ago, um, I do have a list of essential episodes uh, if you do decide that you want to get into the X-Files, um, there's a lot you can skip. So I can always help you out with that if uh, if you tweet us at BoobTubeCast or, uh, yeah, or uh, email us. Um, we're here for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, um, one more thing I wanted to say yeah. about the episode that, yeah. you know, you just reminded me of when you were talking about, you know, like shows that can still live on. Um, we talked uh, like a month ago or so when, before when, when I was when we were both complaining about the season premiere and um, about whether you can translate the X-Files into today's much weirder political climate. Like, you know, in the 90s, it was fun to imagine conspiracies because every just everything seemed like, if you were, like, privileged enough, everything just seemed, like, well-ordered and fine and, like, mm-hmm. nothing was going to... Nothing bad was going to happen. And um, so conspiracy theories had this sort of, like, fun little thing, like, you know... And and now everything's actually kind of terrifying, even for people that are privileged, because they're seeing much easier how um, fragile everything is. And we were talking about like whether like the X Files works anymore because of that. Like, does it? You know. And I think this episode was a perfect example of how it could. Right. Mm-hmm. It it kind of it was a send up of our current political climate. It was honest about it, and it was. It was just still very relevant, the whole um, episode. And I thought totally. that it did a really good job the way I think most of the last season, season 10, just completely fell flat on that front. It just felt so weird. Even though it was mostly, you know, in 2016 before the election, it still just felt like something's not right. And I feel like this season's been a little bit better with that, at least for the last mm-hmm. three episodes. Yeah, absolutely. They felt more relevant. 
Yeah, yeah. like just like they understand the system and they understand how to make the X-Files fit into that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's passing that, that Weezer test I talked about. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, I mean, this was kind of what I was hoping for when I thought about, you know, yeah. how Yeah, how and I think could, that's what a lot of fans were hoping for. Yeah. So... Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, that's um, my piece, everyone. Um, if you haven't watched it and you're an X-Files fan because um, you were worried or whatever, this is as good as everyone has been saying it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to watch it a third there's, time. Probably there's one episode you watch in this season. we just talked about it. Right. Yes. Definitely. It should <laughs> yeah. definitely be this one. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, let's wrap up. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add about Lost no. Art of Forehead Sweat? I think that's it i think we covered i'm gonna it. just play a clip of um reggie's uh addition to old um <laughs> old scenes because it's funny guys if this turns out to be killer cats i'm gonna be very disappointed she's their mother wait if she's their mother how can she be their oh boy. <laughs> uh so what are you what are you not watching this week i think we might have already hinted at it we did hint that we're not watching the state of the union bingo um, we're not definitely not definitely not i do not, not need to see him i want to talk no. about what kind of future honestly i like never understood how people like yeah we're gonna go to the bar and play a drinking game for the state of the union i'm like that's right. a very dc thing to do though it- it no is. I, I may have an extremely that. outsized <laughs> yeah, perception of even yeah, in Cambridge like, where I am, where like people are like the highest concentration of PhDs in America, probably. And like, yeah. I still don't no think one. anyone is fucking watching the State of the Union at a bar. I can't imagine. Um, you know, they're just showing Tom Brady press conferences over and over again, <gasps> as far as I know. Um, oh, that's the thing I wish I weren't watching, but I probably won't watch <laughs> the Super Bowl. That's week. a good candidate. It's the Super Bowl. I'm like really annoyed. To be um, honest, that probably will. I mean, be I'm gonna root for the Eagles because I'm not a monster, um, <laughs> and I'm also not from New England. But... Okay, but there is an ice cream shop um, in the neighborhood of my gym, which is even worse. But um, that's doing a, <laughs> a Gronk uh, flavor this week. That is like literally chocolate ice cream with uh potato chips and kit kat bars and i'm like i'm if that's what the super bowl means i'm here for it so i'm gonna (laughs) have to like go get some gronk flavored ice cream i will probably watch that sounds disgusting (laughs) oh my god i love it i love kitchen sink like cookies and ice creams and stuff like gronk flavored though (laughs) i mean the ingredients sound fine just please don't say that again (laughs) all right all right it, it's uh it'll be it's just you know it's just generic football ice cream. gronk inspired even gronk, gronk inspired. Just, okay let's just not say that <laughs> rob inspired um, um yeah i'll i'll probably i'm sure be roped into watching it at some point i just actually was thinking i i had invited someone to go see a movie um on sunday night and they hadn't gotten back to me so <laughs> 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 you should um, just keep inviting people just to troll them I know. Who's going to go with me? (laughs) Um, Actually, just really quick, something else that I am not watching this week is a show that has just been relentlessly advertised to me on Hulu. And it just looks like the stupidest thing in the world, but it's, um, it's, I hope it's not yeah, something I'm excited about. It's not. I promise you. It's called Laugh Mobs Laugh Tracks. <laughs> oh, and, I have no fucking idea what that is. Oh God, we must get very different Hulu advertisements. I'm jealous. Um, I just get this one for this, uh, 
um, SUV where they fit the family in and everyone's surprised. Oh, yeah, I get that one a lot. Too. Ugh, it makes a me, lot of makes Jillian crazy. Jacobs for Diet Coke these days. Oh, yeah, all these. And it's not a good ad. And I love Gillian Jacobs. Anyway, it's, it's not a good ad. It's just like, hey, they, re- they realize that the reason their sales are plummeting is because people have like finally figured out that Coke is bad for them. So and yeah. the whole advertising campaign it's is basically just like, like, just do something bad for you. It's OK. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Have some don't pop. Worry about it. We look, we know our drink is horrible for you, but if you want to drink it. Don't let the man stop you. Yeah. By that, like, we mean the American Heart Association. <laughs> we, you know, if you want pop, have it. Um, but Laugh Mob's laugh track, uh, really quick, is basically, it seems to be from its advertisements, which are insanely annoying. Um, it's basically like stand-up comics, and then there are skits that are like acting out their their act what? No. while they're giving it. And it's just like... It, it's kind of like you know what it's kind of like if drunk history were because the way that's how how you know drunk history is like framed where it's like you know the drunk person telling the story and then like also kind of providing you know the voices of all of the characters in the sketch um it's it looks like a lot like that but like mm-hmm. terrible um and with stand-up comedy yeah so it's I'm basically fine with that, that. drunk history but stand-up, it looks so stupid and i'm just annoyed every time it comes on my screen i actively mute it so i am not watching laugh mobs laugh tracks um <laughs> it's kind of funny not, name <laughs> no it kind of is <laughs> like who is laugh mob um what a bad <laughs> what a bad comment. presumably the audience <laughs> yeah yeah that's true um what well. are anything that you're looking forward to watching this week um yeah there's an icelandic murder mystery called the lava fields um, Ooh. I'll let you know how it is, but Intriguing it looks name. pretty dark. Um, uh, so I'm going to do that. I am actually looking forward to one revival um, that I am eager to try out. Yeah, even though we've basically spent 10 minutes ranting against revivals, but um, one day at a time, um, oh, yeah. which is on Netflix show. Um, but it's actually a show that was on Nick at night when I was a kid and I loved it um, about a single mom and her two daughters and the wacky, uh, uh, the wacky uh, super for the building who lives downstairs and is always kind of coming in to stir up trouble. Um, It's been reimagined as a show about a uh, Cuban family um, Hmm. with, as a single mom who, um, was a soldier in Afghanistan and she and her husband met there and broke up and she's raising her two kids uh, by herself in LA. And um, I find that reimagining of the concept really interesting and I'm excited to try it out. The second season actually just dropped, um, but I'm going to, I haven't seen the first, so I was going to start there. Um, cool. We'll have to report back. I'll report that back on that too. Um, but until then, this is farewell. Yeah. Good night, Sarah. Good night. Good night.